The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, world. What separated your deep from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. It's your host, Ace Boogie. I'm flying solo. Hello, world. My partner, Zim, is unfortunate. Well, not unfortunately. He's not with us because he is getting married. So shout out to him uh, and his wife. Uh, shout out to their union. We appreciate that. We're here to hold it down. Uh, we're here to talk about Bengals and Lions uh, in this game. The Bengals get a huge blowout win over the Lions. I love every part of the second half. I'm not going to say the first half because we did get somewhat upset there at the at the very beginning. Um, but let's just go back and talk about this team just in general and the moxie that they showed in this game. They come out in the first half, right? And they do something that they've never done before. They go out and score some points early in the game, right? We've never seen them score on the first drive yet this season. They've been scoreless. So they go out and get points. And the way that they do it is something that me and Chris, uh, or me and Zim have talked about with our man Chris Evans. We had Chris Evans on the show. We talked about this on the show that he could be a guy that really contributed to this team. We've talked about it on the past couple of shows about Chris Evans and what he could bring to this offense and and things that he could do. And we were able to see some of that. Right. And, you know, Zim has harped on it. I have harped on it. And that is the first um, score of the game. They bring in Chris Evans. They mix it up. People don't know what they're really doing. There were people talking about how when the Bengals go under center, they're generally going to run it. They ran some play action. Zach Taylor came out um, and had a good script of plays, I believe. And it results in a touchdown. You see Chris Evans go up over the top, catches it on a mismatch from a linebacker. And then you're thinking, okay, this team is going to hit 30. Like you're thinking that early in the game, they're going to hit 30. And then you get so many punts and, and things that happen early that just really halt a lot of the offensive drives. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there like, man, this looks like the Browns game. Or not the Bear- Browns game, but the Bears game. This looks like the Packers game. And you start to see this slow start. 
and you're wondering what they're going to do. And right before the half, they're able to get a deep pass to Jamar Chase. They get a field goal from our man, Evan McPherson, who's able to bounce back from his misses earlier in the season. And then the Bengals once again have won the coin toss, which I think they're undefeated still on that. And they get the ball at halftime. But the offense was frustrating. The defense came out and balled. The defense balled. Like the way that they played throughout this entire game in the first half, the second half, they balled. Logan Wilson played out of his mind. Trey Hendrickson played out of his mind. These guys came to play, right? So Jared Goff, I think, had like 30 yards in the first half passing in an interception, which was on a crazy play by Logan Wilson. But long story short, it looked like most of what we saw from this team. And coming into this game, this matchup, everybody was talking about Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase. That was the headline kind of of this game. But a lot of people came in saying, the Bengals cannot take the Lions lightly because this Lions team is one of the best 0-5 teams. They're not to be taken lightly. They've been close in a lot of games. Everybody saw the Ravens game and just said, you can't sleep on Detroit. And that's true, and that's valid, right? But in the second half, the Bengals immediately got the ball, and Zach, to me, had some moments in this game where I think people have to start giving them credit for it. I think it started in the first half with the challenge on the Logan Wilson interception. That was a boom-boom play. And if he didn't throw the challenge flag, that completely changes the optics of that game. You're potentially looking at a 7-7 to game at that point if he doesn't call that because they were going into Bengals territory, right? And then he comes out in the second half and he makes some adjustments because I was upset that they came out, used Chris Evans, and then literally took him out of the game and never went back to him. And then you had some issues on the offensive line in terms of holding penalties and things like that. You didn't have Jackson Carmen started. You had Trey Hill instead. There was just a lot of issues, sacks given up, right? But then he comes out in that third quarter and calls a great drive. He gets a mix of Joe Mixon and all kinds of things. He gets aggressive on the fourth and one and goes for it. And they come out and really just hit the ground running in the second half and really just did not let up off of the breaks. On that, you get another deep bomb to Chase as well. And then the next thing you know, Chase has 94 yards. And then you're hitting all of these other guys. CJ Uzoma, you bring Chris Evans back in. It opens up the offense because now you can run play action and do dump offs to him. And he has no problem with being able to pick it up. And the biggest part of that Jamar Chase play is that Chris Evans throw. We, we talked about it. Zim told Chris. The thing that you have to be able to do to get on the field is show that you can hold up and pass protection. And that is what he was able to do on that bomb to Jamar Chase. He's able to do that, right? And then you get the the run by Mixon. Mixon had a crazy game in this game. They finally started using Mixon out of the backfield as well on receptions. They started to use him in the run game. And you saw with Mixon on that play, you see Jamar Chase sprint out in front of him, get a block and throw a block on a key defender that ends up allowing Joe Mixon to score that touchdown. Who would have thought that the Bengals would pass on a player like Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase would be throwing one of the most important blocks of the game for the Bengals, right? And so Jamar Chase just shows you why you went Uno in that draft. It solidifies why you went with him because when you look at the Detroit team, they literally didn't have anybody that they could really go to offensively outside of Hawkinson. They just didn't have the wide receivers or the weapons to hang with the Migos. And if Zim was here, that's what he would be telling you. And the other thing is this team is different simply because this is a, a game that generally we've seen in our history 
the Bengals have played down to certain teams or let certain teams be in the game. And we kind of probably thought that right after the first half because you were only up 10 to 0, right? You didn't think that, like, that was a game you should have been up 21 to 0 at the half. You probably felt like that at halftime. You probably were worried, like, all right, here we go. Same old kind of thing where they allow a lesser team to get back into it. And they just didn't allow that in the second half. You know, Joey B was pretty much chilling by the end of the game because the Bengals went out and handled business. And that is something that we've wanted to see from this team. We've seen them hang with the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team in a basically a Super Bowl-caliber team. We've seen them do that so far this season. We've seen them get wins over uh, lesser opponents and come back in, in comeback fashion against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got their first win of the season today, right, with Trevor Lawrence leading them. And this is another one that you add to the notch of this. They were able to come out and blow out fashion and hang 30 on the Lions, and that's what they were able to do. We've talked about it all season long. We've talked about the ability to be able to put up that 30, and this was a game where I felt like they had to come out and do that. I saw a lot of people earlier in this week saying, you know, you can't take the Lions light, and I didn't want to take them light. But it's time for the Bengals to come into games and feel like you can be like the Packers or someone like that when they come into this game or the Ravens or the Chiefs or anything like that and feel like this team can confidently win by multiple scores. And they did that today. That's one thing that I saw from them today is that they were able to come out and be confident, stick to um, the plan in the second half, put up points. Uh, well, actually not stick to it, but be flexible with the plan and come out and dominate. And I think that they did that in all three phases of of this game. The one thing that I did see, though, is that they did pull Darius Phillips off of punt return duty. So we, me and Zim had a lot of faith in him, especially in those punt return duties. But it does seem like uh, it, it seems like he may be in the doghouse potentially with that. And it looks like they went to Trent Irwin um, in that aspect later on in the game. But at the end of the day. Joey B, he did have an interception, and depending on how you look at it, I mean, honestly, when I looked at it, I felt like if Chase gets his hands on the ball, he probably should come down with it instead of it going through, but it went through his hands, went to the defender. The ball was a little high. We'll have to see what that looks like on the replay, but outside of that, Joey B, 19-29, 271 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, was able to spread it out to so many receivers in this game. And then he also enters into a unique and elite territory with uh, Dan Marino, with him throwing two, at least two touchdowns. And I don't know how many starts it is, but he's in elite company. He was able to tie that today. And now it's only him and Dan Marino. And that's what you signed up with when you ended up going and getting number nine. Joe Mixon, 18 carries, 94 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. He was killing it. Joey B, the pocket presence. There were instances where the pocket broke down and he was able to run for first downs and run away from pressure. Those were things that you were expecting. Then you get Chris Evans involved in the run game. Four rushes for 18 yards, four and a half yards per carry. It was, it was so late because they decided to put him in later in the game. And then you got Jamar Chase. Four receptions, 97 yards. Mixon, I talked about him being special in the passing game. Five receptions, 59 yards and the touchdowns. Evans, three receptions, 49 yards and the touchdown. Um, they got T. Higgins the ball. Three receptions for 44 yards. Uzoma in the red zone. This is a team, like, at points, Auden Tate scored a touchdown, right? I think Auden Tate has more touchdowns, and, and Zim, you'll enjoy this, but I believe 
Auden Tech might have either the same number or even more touchdowns than OBJ right now. And y'all saw, uh, matter of fact, he has more. He has more. He has more touchdowns than OBJ. And he's only played in like one quarter of football, literally, if you add up all of his snaps and everything this season. The other thing is, when you look at that defense, it's just crazy. Logan Wilson is playing out of his mind. Gets another interception. He's got four now. Cheeto did his thing, I thought, this entire game. He had a nice pass deflection from what I saw. Really didn't allow the Lions receivers to do anything. Akeem Davis-Gaither played a hell of a game, especially when it came to guarding those running backs in the flats and some of those receivers on the inside. I thought that he did his thing. Jesse Bates bounced back. Mike Hilton. like, And now you're starting to see – how good this defense can really be. Eli Apple, we didn't even call his name today, right? And he comes in, you almost don't even notice that Trey Waynes hasn't even played in this game. Um, now, I will say they have some some uh, lesser-known receivers, but none of that stuff really was on Eli Apple from what I could see. And then Trey Hendrickson just wrecked this game, right? Trey Hendrickson, I think, just went ultra instinct almost in this game. He really probably should have had close to two sacks, but, you know, golf steps across the line of scrimmage, so I think they only credit him with one. But the pressures and all of that, like, it just – this team can be special is it, really what I'm really trying to get at. Is And I think that this team is different, and I think that this is a team that is going to be confident this season and feel like they can be in every game and win and score with the best of them. Now, we got a bigger test coming, obviously, but we're not going to be worried about that. We're not going to be scared because you just went into Detroit and blew out the Lions. I can't say that. That's what the, the Ravens just did a few weeks ago. So we'll have to see. Like, the Ravens are a good team. Much respect to them. We still got to prove that we can stop Lamar Jackson in that team. And that's going to be what the test is next week. But this was an important move for this team, for them to come out and at least put 30 on the board before going and facing a team like Baltimore who can score with the best of them. So you got to continue that um, and keep that going. And I even say this, like Chris Evans even stood out on special teams. I saw him make a couple of tackles, not only from going out and getting that receiving touchdown, he also goes out and gets some tackles, on, I think, on punt coverage. So that's just that's just what full circle looks like with this team when they're playing on all cylinders. And just imagine – if they would have scored on those possessions in the first half, then you're probably looking at a 50 burger if they do that, right? You're looking at them putting 50 on a team like that. And this is what was in mind for this team when the season came together. We never expected the defense to be this good, but if the defense can be good and the offense can be this good and like how they were in the second half, man, this is a team that can really compete this year and be one of the top teams in the NFL. Now you're looking at four and two. You're honestly a couple of plays if it goes your way from possibly six and zero, oh, and that is what um, this team is made of. A lot of people talk about Jackson Carmen. I think that there was a, a issue with Jackson Carmen towards the end of the game. It said that he was removed for an illness. I have to look up and see what exactly that is. I'm sure we'll get more information on that. Um, but overall, this is just a team that you should be proud of. This is a team that definitely shows some heart today. And, you know, between Joey B, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all of the Migos, like, bro, this is this is something where the Bengals can take this to the next level. So everybody that was talking about Panay Sewell, myself included, we clearly were wrong. And I mean, just look at 
just look at today. If you just need to see anything, really, you should just look at today and see that, you know, Panay Sewell wasn't the issue. Riley Reef did what he was supposed to do. Uh, a lot of guys came in and did what they were supposed to do. The Bengals only allowed two sacks, right? This is the, the same Bengals line that was allowing four to five sacks and things weren't working out for them. And, you know, it just it just wasn't that. It, it, it was pretty much clear that the Bengals had way more skill positions than the Lions did. And it didn't matter if you had an amazing line uh, like Detroit may have potentially. They don't even have that, right? A lot of people haven't really been paying attention. Detroit really doesn't have a good line, even with them taking Sewell. Uh, but Sewell definitely looked shocked. He definitely looked shook, especially going against uh, Trey Henderson for sure. And so this just proves that the Bengals made the right decision. I mean, Riley Reef had a solid game outside of uh, the penalty that he was called on, I think, for holding, which I uh, that was kind of a phantom call to me. I wasn't sure that it was really holding. I mean, you could call holding on every play. But, you know, the Bengals' plan has worked, and that is why they are 4-2. and two. You can't say that they would have been 4-2 and two or this caliber of a team had they not taken Jamar Chase. And he's the difference maker, Joey B, number nine. Those two having that connection. Um, Joe Mixon, once you get these other parts, Uzoma is so important to this offense because once you get Uzoma and Chris Evans going, it gives the defense other concerns to be uh, to look at, right? You see, once they started to get those guys going, that's what opened it up for the Migos and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase is going to pretty much open itself, but that's what's going to open it up for the rest of those guys. TB didn't have a huge game. I did see on one of those plays, it looked like Joe wanted to go to him in the end zone, um, but it didn't seem like it was there. It seemed like he was covered. But, man, this team can be very exciting. I um, mean, can definitely do some things where they dominate if they keep this rolling. You talk about 256 passing yards, 142 rushing yards. That is balanced. They were way more efficient on third down this game. Eight of 15, fourth down, they're two of two. Like they were doing what they should do. You look at the punts, Detroit punted six times. The Bengals only punted three times in this game. They're playing um, mistake-free football with only four penalties in this game, as opposed to nine for Detroit. Joe Mixon, another important part. Joe Mixon has a run, fumbles, is able to recover it. It literally was a full team effort where they just ended up making sure that they came out of this with a victory and dominated. And so I'm sure that this team is ready. I'm sure Zim feels confident. Shout out to my man Zim again. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to get him on here for the Ravens, but everybody be sure to wish him and his uh, newly wedded wife, um, you know, a, a wonderful marriage because he was getting married today. So I know a lot of people are like, where's them at? Where's them at? If you haven't been paying attention for the whole week, that's where Zim is at. Um, he's tying it today. I'm sure that they got the best wedding gift that Zim wanted, which was a Bengals blowout victory over Penis Sewell. I'll say it for you, Zim, Penis Sewell. So with that being said, I want to give a shout out to um, our sponsor, Midwest Best Barbecue. Please be sure to check over there. Um, and get you a basket. They had the Ace and Zim basket. Uh, we will try to bring that back, but if you want to make an Ace and Zim basket of your own, you just go and order some of those G-Funk wings, get you some brisket fries, and I'm telling you, you're going to be good. My man Tim is going to look out for you guys. Tell him that Ace and Zim sent you. We're probably going to be doing some giveaways too. 
with uh, some of the coupons that we have and, and things of those nature. So please be sure to check it out. And then also be on the lookout for Zim dropping the hoodies. I know it's, it's hoodie season. Me and Zim are probably going to drop the hoodie versions of our designs. So it's a whole lot of orange. So be sure to check that out on ZimHooday.com and wait for that to drop. And then on mine, it's going to be NewStripeCity.com where those will be dropped. Uh, but as usual, man, we got to end this with a yes, Sersky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sport.